What's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo. Thanks for checking out the uh, radio show, Flipped Into a Podcast. Appreciate that. Please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. It helps us out tremendously. Um, and you know what? I will send you a free koozie if you leave us a rating and a review and then email it to me, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's one small way you can help us uh, in return as, as we continue to grow this thing every week because of you. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, the good news is we've got under 100 days to go until college football begins. But the bad news, we've still got almost 100 days to go until college football begins. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. We appreciate you joining us. We're the best and the top independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Whether you're checking us out, radio show, podcast, back on YouTube, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, please do remember, if you haven't yet, subscribe and join our members' forums and message boards. They are free. It's a way to interact with other Big 12 fans. Just go to heartlandcollegesports.com and click on the forums tab at the top. Sign up completely free. Well, you know, it is kind of still those dog days. I want to talk about something that I was thinking about over the long Memorial Day weekend. And that is who in the Big 12 of all the coaches is on the hot seat. Now, you might say, well, nobody's really on the hot seat. We got four new coaches in the mix, right? You have new coaches at Kansas. You have new coaches at Kansas State. Got a new coaching staff at Texas Tech. And you got a new coaching staff also at West Virginia. So who's really on the hot seat, right? Is that fair to have that conversation? Well, here's the thing. In college football, it's always fair game to have that conversation. Guys leave after seasons that you never see coming. Guys stay that surprise you, right? I mean, that's, that's always been the game in college football. It's always going to be the game in college football. But I decided to do this as I had some downtime over the long weekend, ranking each coach's hot seat on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the coolest, 10 being the hottest. Now, I'll be honest, no one in the Big 12 I have all that high but you might be surprised by who I have the highest on this list. What I'm going to do is just go in alphabetical order of terms of the schools, and we'll go from there. Matt Rule I've got at a 3 out of 10 in terms of the hot seat for the Baylor Bears. And, you know, the reason I say 3 is he's, he's not going anywhere in the standpoint of he almost took an NFL job, but Baylor desperately wants him to stay. Baylor hit a grand slam with Matt Rule. I believe he probably exceeded their expectations. This guy has entertained, albeit maybe briefly two years ago, but the past two seasons, he has entertained NFL head coaching jobs. When's the last? I mean, think about this. The Baylor head coach, who is, what, five, six games under 500 for his career in a couple of seasons there, is an NFL head coaching candidate. What does that tell you about Matt Rule? He's a desirable guy. Baylor's lucky to have him. That thing is trending in a positive direction. Now, you know, there's still a little bit that loud minority crowd that, you know, still thinks Art Bryles got screwed. By the way, how about Art Bryles getting a high school job in Texas? Did you see that? You want to talk about a Friday news dump? Art Bryles getting a high school job the Friday before Memorial Day is the ultimate news dump of all-time news dumps. That came last week. Anyway, uh, Matt Rule's in great shape. 
I put him at a three. He could be a two or a one, but because there's still that faction of the fan base that is like, well, you're not our Bryles, I put Matt Rule at a three for his hot seat ranking here heading into the 2019 season. For the Kansas Jayhawks, I've got Les Miles at a five out of ten. And, you know, I probably could go six if I wanted to. Here's the deal with Les Miles. Like most things in Les Miles' career, it's boom or bust. People love him or they can't stand him, and it either works out really well or it colossally fails. Whether it's a play call, a season, whatever it might be, he's been out of the game now for a few years, right? Um, Has the game passed him by? Has the Big 12 passed him by? All answers we don't have. Is he capable in his mid-60s, being out of the game for a couple of years, of turning around the most dormant program in college football? Does he have the energy, the stamina? Does he want to do that? If this team bombs, now I don't know what that leash is. You know, if, if all of a sudden it looks like we've got a setback from, you know, the days of David Beatty. And when Jeff Long put his neck out for this guy and they go back a long ways, all of a sudden Jeff Long's going to be looking over his shoulder and saying, "Eh, am I next? Is this going to have to potentially affect my job status? This is Jeff Long's, likely Jeff Long's uh, last tenure somewhere as well. So keep an eye on that. If it goes horribly for Kansas and Les Miles, and if all the cutesy Les Miles-isms aren't worth anything in terms of wins and losses – then maybe that hot seat really ramps up if, if it just looks like the game is, has passed him by in some ways, especially at the Big 12 speed and the pace. Uh, just, you know, it's not the SEC from his LSU days. We'll leave it at that. So I think Les Miles probably has uh, one of the hottest seats in the Big 12. And the guy that I have tied with Les Miles for the hottest seat in the Big 12 is also a first-year head coach in Chris Kleiman. Chris Kleiman, of course, replacing the legendary Bill Snyder. And while many of us thought it was time for Bill Snyder to move on, and it probably was time two, three years ago, you know, we all know that in the past 30 years, Kansas State football without Bill Snyder has not been good. Ask Ron Prince. It has not worked out for the program. And I'm not predicting Ron Prince round two. In fact, I saw Chris Kleiman at the K-State spring game. I was wildly impressed with his demeanor, his style, uh, just the way the players reacted to him. I'm not concerned about that at all. But still, the history is there that this football program has only been good with one man leading it, and that's Bill Snyder. And Bill Snyder's not coming back to bail out the program like he did after Ron Prince. He's, you know, what's he going to do? Come out at 82 years old or whatever in a couple of years and do it again? It's not going to happen. But K-State, you know, uh, is looking now to an FCS guy to keep that, keep that going, what Bill Snyder built. And if it doesn't work, I don't think the leash is too long for Chris Kleiman. If this team is, you know, playing sloppy, not winning games, not at least getting the bowl games – Uh, There will be voices heard. I promise you, there will be voices heard at K-State who will be questioning very quickly whether or not Chris Kleiman was the right guy for the job. So I'm putting Kleiman at a 5 out of 10 on the hot seat. Matt Campbell, 2 out of 10 at at Iowa State in terms of his hot seat ranking. I could have gone 1. I went 2 just because here's the deal with Campbell. He's now going into a year where he loses two of his biggest stars, and Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. Uh, he also loses, of course, some solid guys on the defensive side of the ball. P.V. Harvey. 
it, it's kind of a reset year for Iowa State. Even though a lot of us think they might be the best team or one of the best teams to try to crash the OU Texas party in the Big 12 championship game, there is a lot there that has to be replenished. It's going to be a testament, for better or for worse, to how uh, Matt Campbell and his staff has recruited over the past couple of seasons. If they've been able to turn these seasons where they've exceeded expectations into quality and depth on the recruiting side, if they can somewhat replenish what they lost. I don't think you replace a Hakeem Butler, even the kid that transferred in. I'm not saying you replace him right away, but you got to have some depth at these positions where you lost a lot of guys on both sides of the ball. So we'll see what Matt Campbell has in that arena. Lincoln Riley has the coldest seat in the Big 12. I know this might shock you. Lincoln Riley is sitting at a 1 out of 10 on the hot seat rankings in the Big 12 Conference. How could he be anything but a 1 out of 10? Uh, seriously, how could he? Guy won Big 12 championships, made the college football playoff both years. Um, he has exceeded what was expected after taking over for Bob Stoops, right? Uh, yeah, sure, you'd like to see him play in a national championship game. <laughs> Excuse me. But still, he, he's been able to do this in incredibly impressive fashion at a very young age, tied to the NFL jobs that are open as well. Uh, what more can you ask for if you're OU and Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley has the coolest seat in the Big 12, bar none. I've got Mike Gundy at a 4 out of 10 on the hot seat ranking. You know, those three straight 10-win seasons under Mason Rudolph and James Washington and that crew, I, I know it's only a couple of years ago, but maybe it's just me. It feels like a lot longer. Does it not? You know, it kind of feels like three, four years ago at this point. Last year was emotionally draining, it looked like. For Mike Gundy, for Oklahoma State, for the fan base, there was awkwardness, tension with the media. It was a weird situation. I don't think there's any other way to put it. And it's not that Mike Gundy's going to get canned. I mean, the guy has, with the help of, yes, T. Boone Pickens' uh, big wallet, but in large part, and I would say more so because of Gundy, this team has been able to become a top 25 contender and a solid year-in, year-out top 25 team. Last year was not that year. They were 500. They had some changes after the season on the coaching staff. If it's another, you know, ho-hum, six and six, seven and six, five and seven season, I'm not saying Gundy's going anywhere. But you just wonder if the relationship will have gotten stale to the point of both sides saying, you know, do you want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep doing this? What's best for everybody involved? And I think that would be a fair question to ask. You know, if you're looking at another ho-hum 500 season, I think it would be. And I think Gundy would be fine asking that question. Mike Gundy's not a guy to me that's going to do this till he's 75 years old. I don't think that's who he is. I don't think that's how he's wired. I don't see it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We are ranking the hot seats from a scale of 1 to 10 for all the Big 12 coaches. We move on now to Texas. Coach Tom Herman, you might be surprised I got him at a 4 to 10, partially because of the environment that he's in. Yeah, he got to the Big 12 title game last year. Maybe he was a year early in doing that. But guess what? It's Texas. If that guy now goes eight and four this year, they're going to be looking for his head. The Big 12 trip to the trip to the Big 12 championship game is going to feel like a lifetime ago to those Texas fans, because now they've got real expectations. They're going to have a preseason top 10 ranking. They're going to be expected to at least 
get to the Big 12 championship game, if not win it. You're coming off the Sugar Bowl win against Georgia. All of a sudden, teams are looking at Texas like they did 10 years ago during the heydays of Mac Brown. So if Tom Herman goes 8-4, and 7-5, and five and has a setback, once again, do I think he's going anywhere or getting fired? No, but that crowd is going to start getting loud. And Tom Herman is the kind of guy where he has a great relationship with people and the media and everybody when things are going well. When things aren't going well, uh, you know, he can get a little surly. I've, I've heard that from a lot of people, and it's pretty well known. So just keep an eye on that if there is a setback this year for the Texas Longhorns. Now Gary Patterson, 2 out of 10. Probably could have gone 1 out of 10. But, you know, 500 last year, even if he has another mediocre season, I don't believe Gary Patterson is going to be um, going anywhere. Uh, you know, no way, no how. He's here for life. As long as TCU will have him, he'll be there. And, frankly, TCU cannot do – I mean, frankly, I think he's a top-five coach in college football. So, when I say TCU can't do any better, I don't think most teams in America, 99% of teams in America can do any better. I'd say two out of 10, not one out of 10. You're splitting hairs. You could say one out of 10, but went 500 last year. You have another mediocre season this year. Maybe a couple of people start grumbling. Gary Patterson is uh, totally fine, not going anywhere. Matt Wells, three out of 10. This is interesting at Texas Tech. I would have given Kingsbury one more year. Texas Tech disagreed. Fine. You want to give the program benefit of the doubt with what Kirby Hokehead has done hiring coaches? Uh, Chris Beard, I'm, I'm not going to question that. Okay, but still, what if Kingsbury, you know, is lighting up the NFL in October with Kyler Murray and Tech is, you know, sitting at uh, three and five? I'm just saying there's going to be some people grumbling about that. So I think Matt Wells has a ton of potential ahead of him. I like the hire. I talked to him on this show a couple of months ago. If you missed it, go find it on our podcast page. Um, just search on iTunes or, or whatnot, and you'll see the Matt Wells interview. Very impressive guy. But, you know, he's not starting off with a clean slate. There's some drama there. There's some intrigue there. And there will be some loud voices there if things don't get going right away because especially he's not a tech guy. You know, it's not Kingsbury coming home. He's a coach. If he performs, they'll love him. If he doesn't, they'll be looking for somebody else. Neil Brown, I got him at a 2 out of 10. Um, similar situation, but no one's going to compare Neil Brown's success at West Virginia to Dana Holgerson's success in the AAC. And Holgerson admitted as much. He's like, I, I, I can't win at West Virginia with these players in the Big 12. He tapped out. What more can you say? The guy tapped out. Wasn't made for it. Didn't think he could make the big time. Played the victim card. Victim mentality. Loser mentality, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't think West Virginia fans are upset Dana Holgerson's gone. But new guy, no ties to the school, intrigue. You're replacing a lot. Two out of ten, very low. Not going to go as low as one, but Neil Brown has a lot to work with. The fans, understandably, are excited about him. So there you have it. All the coaches in the Big 12, where they are on the hot seat. And uh, no seats are that hot. The hottest seats I've got, Les Miles and Chris Kleiman, the two Kansas coaches. There you have it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Well, if you've been following this, uh, this Brew McCoy story, it's really bizarre out of Austin, Texas. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. 
were your Big 12 digital independent media outlet. All right, so Brew McCoy is a five-star recruit, big-time guy, who ended up picking the USC Trojans in his college football announcement here um, in February, I guess it was, after the All-American game. Problem is, he chose USC when Cliff Kingsbury was their offensive coordinator. Brew McCoy is an athlete. He's considered an athlete in the recruiting rankings, but he's an offensive weapon, running back, wide receiver mix, uh, more of a wide receiver. But anyway, he picks USC thinking, hey, I'm going to be playing for Cliff Kingsbury. The guy's an offensive genius. This is great. I'm from L.A. Life is good. Uh, This works out really well. Then Cliff Kingsbury leaves USC after a hot minute, and he goes to join the Arizona Cardinals as the head coach. And you're like, holy cow, who saw this coming, right? Nobody saw it coming. So what happened then is Brew McCoy decided he wanted out. Clay Helton's, you know, on thin ice anyway there. So he's like, listen, I'm not sure I want to deal with this. I'm not sure I want to be here. I am going to transfer. So essentially he moves on and he decides he's going to go to the Texas Longhorns. And you're like, okay, well, let's uh, let's see how this works out. Kind of weird. I mean, Texas was one of his finalists, but... All of a sudden, the guy is now going to Austin, Texas, joining the Longhorns. I think he'd play right away. He's got a ton of ability, a ton of talent, and um, he is on the road. So now he's in Austin, Texas. He's getting the ball rolling there. And then, here in the past few days, it's reported that McCoy is exploring transferring again. My goodness gracious. So this past Sunday, uscfootball.com reported that Brew McCoy was exploring his transfer options once again with an eye at returning to USC. Texas has apparently sent a caravan in to meet with McCoy in L.A. trying to get him to stay with the Texas Longhorns, but there are reports of homesickness, whatever it might be. I get it. He's an L.A. guy, uh, but Austin might not be living up to what he thought it would be, whatever the reason. This is nuts. Guy's a five-star player, still supposed to be in high school, and he's been to potentially three schools in uh, the span of, what, three, four months? Uh, This is everything that is wrong with the NCAA transfer portal. I'm not saying players should not have flexibility. I think they should. I think it's healthy for players to have the ability to leave, to move on, if they want to, if it is the right fit and the right move. But this is taking it to a whole nother level. Um, Brew McCoy from the get-go should have really stayed at USC. This is why you will always tell recruits and should always tell recruits, go where you want to be from a program perspective, from a school perspective, not a coaching perspective. I understand that sometimes those two do intertwine, right? But you don't pick and you should not pick a school simply because of the offensive coordinator. Uh, You should not do it. Now, maybe Cliff Kingsbury had a great pitch and it's like, I'm home. I want to be home. I now have this great offensive mind coaching me. This is a win-win. And then he upends and leaves, and you're all upset, and you're frustrated, and you're pissed, and everything else. I know that that can happen. I get that that can happen. But then once you transfer to Texas, what has possibly gone wrong there to now make you want to go back to USC, which apparently you were so upset that Cliff Kingsbury left there You didn't trust Clay Helton to do his job and hire a competent offensive coordinator. And, you know, would I say right now is my money on Clay Helton still being the head coach of USC by the time Brew McCoy is a junior, let's say? I don't think so. I don't. But here's the thing about USC. They're always going to churn out NFL draft picks. 
even if they go six and six, they will have NFL draft picks. It's USC. It's not a mid-tier program where you're taking a shot on a coach who's turning things around and the thing could fall right apart again if that coach leaves. USC is going to be USC and have its five-star guys who may not gel as a team and produce Pac-12 championships, but they'll be seen in prime time. They will be known by scouts. They will get drafted. That is not going to change about USC. So here you have a transfer portal that was always well-intentioned, that had good meaning, that wanted to give players more leeway and more flexibility, and that's all well and good. But with where it is right now and with this Kai Brew McCoy potentially going USC to Texas, back to USC, all in the span of four months for somebody that should still be a senior in high school and should still be doing things like going to senior prom, uh, this is getting bizarre. This is getting weird. And this is how the transfer portal, for all the good meaning it's intended to have, can backfire on the sport. So let's see if Texas can keep this guy. Uh, you know, he's a great talent. I hope they can. But, geez, this is some strange stuff going on there in Austin with this transfer portal. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's wrap up the show next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Well, I mentioned this earlier in the show, but talk about a Friday news dump involving a former Big 12 coach. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, where your Big 12 digital independent media outlet. Art Bryles is back coaching in the United States. After spending some time coaching in Italy, he is back in the States and he is coaching with the Mount Vernon Independent School District. Uh, Art Bryles, of course, has tried to get back into coaching, not just in the States, but in North America, and he has not been able to do it. If you recall, the CFL's Tiger Cats signed him. Was this, I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last year that the CFL's Tiger Cats signed him and then reneged on the deal like hours after, after the public backlash they received. So Bryles couldn't get a job, not just in the States, but in North America. Then he was hired last year to coach a team in Florence, Italy. Well, he's coming back, and this came out the Friday before Memorial Day weekend, the ultimate news dump of news dumps that you could possibly ever have. And I'll say this. I'd feel better about Art Bryles coaching a football team if it was in the pros. Like I really would not be bothered if he was with an NFL team. That's grown men. Grown men take care of themselves, and uh, you're not responsible for him at that point. If he was an offensive coordinator or an offensive analyst, whatever it might be for an NFL team, you know, I, I'd be like, whatever. But with what happened at Baylor and with how Art Bryles was so damningly tied into it all, has he learned his lesson in taking care of young people and being more than just a coach that wins a lot of football games. And don't get me wrong, he won a lot of football games. What he did at Baylor was so darn impressive. You can argue it's more impressive than what Bill Snyder did at Kansas State. Sure, Bill Snyder did it over you know almost 30 years, but in terms of taking around a football program that was mostly a joke 
and making it into a team and a program that was winning Big 12 championships and, you know, you can make a strong argument should have been in the first college football playoff. Unbelievable stuff. Incredible to see that unfold. Now, you look at this right now and you say to yourself, this high school was obviously trying to avoid the backlash. Fine, that's what they do. Let's see what happens inside the community. Are parents upset? Do they pull their kids? Do they send them to other schools? That's going to be the interesting part. That's what's going to determine whether or not Art Bryles keeps this job. And I'm all for second chances. America is a very forgiving culture. We love second chances. We love comeback stories. But this has felt different at every turn for Art Bryles ever since you know everything went down with Baylor going on three years ago now. So our brows back to work. We'll see what happens there. Um, <laughs> I was laughing at myself over the weekend because, you know, I look back on a story I wrote a year ago and the story that I wrote basically said it's a joke that Jalen, not Jalen Hurts. It's a joke that Kyler Murray and Will Greer had the same Heisman eyes. I said, how could a guy who hasn't really played much college football had the same Heisman odds as Will Greer, who is proven at the College 5 level and may have better offensive weapons. Will Greer's, my opinion was a year ago, Will Greer's Heisman odds should be better than Kyler Murray's. And that is what you call, in hindsight, a bad take. A very bad take. Unbelievable. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I can make fun of myself. We can all make fun of ourselves here. We're not immune to it. Now, for the current Heisman odds, interestingly enough, it's uh, Jalen Hurts, not shocking at all, has the best odds in the Big 12. That is followed by Sam Ellinger. Hurts is at 13-2. Ellinger is at 16-1. Then you've got Austin Kendall, the West Virginia quarterback, at 25-1 odds. Those are the top three guys in the Big 12. Number one, as of right now, Heisman odds, uh, Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback at Alabama. Then you've got Trevor Lawrence, quarterback at Clemson, followed by Hurts. You know, Hertz is now 13 to 2. He was 9 to 1 uh when these odds came out back in January, so his odds are improving. How could you not bet on Jalen Hurts at this point? I, regardless of what you think of what he did at Alabama, look at what Lincoln Riley is doing with these quarterbacks and he is churning out Heisman Trophy winners and number 1 draft picks. I know Baker Mayfield's a stud and Kyler Murray uh, great ability. I don't know if Kyler Murray can be the NFL quarterback that Baker Mayfield appears to be capable of becoming based on a great rookie season. But I'll tell you what, I watched Jalen Hurts in that SEC championship game, and when he came in in relief for Tua, he looked like a much better thrower, a much better thrower than he was last season. So if Lincoln Riley can continue to hone down those skills – and he can take Jalen Hurts and just just he doesn't need to do exactly what he did with Murray, and he does not need to do exactly what he did uh, with a guy like Baker Mayfield. But if he can do a fraction of that, half of that, my goodness, this team is going to win another Big 12 championship. It is going to be just fine, probably make another college football playoff. That's how big of a deal this can be. For college football, this is how big of a deal this can be for Lincoln Riley. And could you imagine? I mean, I'm not going to predict it. I'm not going to do it. I will give this some time to marinate. But could you imagine three straight Heisman Trophy winners 
it is unbelievable to consider that even being a possibility. Wow. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's great to be here with you. Uh, Last thing, Tom Herman getting an extension, if you missed this, a two-year extension, not shocking at all, through 2023, reportedly worth $13.25 million for two additional years. I talked about the hot seats earlier, and all things are good right now in Austin. It's all roses down in Austin, Texas, the People's Republic of Austin, as I call it. Some of you will get what that means. The People's Republic. But don't forget, they went 7-6. and six. Yes, they improved to 10-4. and four. Got to the Big 12 championship game. Beat ninth ranked, or they finished ninth in the polls. Beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Great win. Everybody's happy. It's all hunky-dory. But don't kid yourself, all right? Don't kid yourself. With Tom Herman, things can get sour quickly. It's how he's built, and that can make you a great football coach. It can also make you sometimes a sour personality. And I'm not predicting that. I have no intentions of predicting that. I think Texas, as of right now, will be playing for a Big 12 title in early December. I'm just saying it's the kind of situation that if it were to go south, and if this year is a regression to the mean for what Texas has been the past decade, you're going to have some uh, surly, loud, angry, burnt orange fans. I'll leave it at that. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly on heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you to all of you for listening each and every week. I, I really appreciate it. If you could just take a minute, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe. And if you feel like sending me a screenshot of that rating and review, I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.